Welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 126, where we will pick things up in the book of Isaiah, chapter 11. And I trust that everything is going well with you on this beautiful day. In verse 1, well, the section of this is entitled, Reign of the Davidic King. Verse 1, when a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse, and so uh, the stump of Jesse, what does that mean? When a shoot, when an offspring will come from the lineage of Jesse, well, who's Jesse? Jesse was David's father. And so this is in the line of David. And a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of wisdom and the fear of the Lord. So we see that this person is going to be uh, a wise person uh, uh, and, and a, a person of strength and a person of knowledge and a person that is full of the reverence for God. It says in verse 3, uh, his delight will be in the fear of the Lord, you know, in fear of the Lord, meaning in reverence for God. That, that will be his delight. It says he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears. In other words, he will not be impacted by surrounding circumstances. He's not going to be impacted by the rumor mill. He's not going to be impacted by what people want. He's only going to be impacted by uh, executing justice and righteousness. In verse 4, he says, But he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. So he's going to be fair. See, he's going to be fair. He's not going to be biased. He's not going to be moved. He's not going to be manipulated. He's going to be totally and completely fair. In verse 5, it says, Righteousness will be a belt around his hips. Faithfulness will be a belt around his waist. Verse 6, it says, The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. Okay, so we have a wolf uh, dwelling with the lamb. So these are enemies, right? So wolves eat lambs, you know, and it says the leopard will uh, lie down with the goat. Same thing. So it says, so we have prey and those that are being prayed, but it's saying here that they will lie down together in peace and harmony. It says the calf and young, li- the calf, the young lion, um, and the feathered calf will be together and a child will lead them. See, now this is obviously in reference to Jesus. And so this is really kind of in, in, in the far off future uh, when the reign of Jesus comes and we have natural enemies that will lie together in peace and harmony. And so again, this is pointing to the future. And I have to reiterate, when we're going through Isaiah, sometimes it's talking about the present or near-term future. And in other times, it's talking about the far-off future. You know, the near-term future may be 100, 200 years from then, but then the far-off future being 2,000 years for them. And so, and sometimes it's talking about both at the same time. And so it can get a little interesting as you're reading through it. Uh, the next section says Israel's, uh, Israel rega- uh, regathered. Israel regathered. Verse 10. On that day, the root of Jesse, on that day in the future, the root of Jesse <clears throat> will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will look to him for guidance. And his resting place will be glorious. Verse 11, on that day, the Lord will extend his hand a second time to recover the remnant of his people who survive from Assyria, Egypt, Pethos, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and, um, and, the, coast and, I- and the coast and islands of the West. And so I think this is talking more referring to the near-term future, I think, you know, when um, the exiles return from Babylon, and the Lord is gathering them back. I think that's what this was referring to, and it might be referring to both then and 
and, you know, in, in the distant future. Verse 12, he will lift up a banner for the nations and gather the dispersed of Israel. He will collect the scattered of Judah from the four, cor- from the four corners of the earth. Verse 13, Ephraim's um, envy will cease, Judah's harassing will end, Ephraim will no longer be envious of Judah, and Judah will not harass uh, Ephraim. So this is talking about the skirmishes between the north and the south, you know, of Israel, and saying in that day, that will not be uh, in existence, that will be gone. Let's go on to uh, verse 12, or excuse me, chapter 12, and it says, a song of peace. This is the section title. Verse one, on that day, you will say, I will give thanks to you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Indeed, God is my salvation. I will trust him and not be afraid for the Lord. The Lord himself is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. So again, this can have dual meaning the near-term future, and the far-off future after Jesus' second coming. And so, and I, I think that's the intent here, is to, you know, not specifically identify the time period because it has multiple applications. Uh, let's go on to chapter 13. And <clears throat> the title says, a, promount, a Pronouncement Against Babylon. A Pronouncement Against Babylon. And so, um, now this is a prophecy Um, uh, that was made well before Babylon had risen to a world power. And so Isaiah is prophesying what will happen to Babylon. Uh, Again, this is before it had risen uh, to the state of power and aggression that it rose to uh, about 200 years later after this is prophesied. And so in chapter 13, it says, a pronouncement concerning Babylon that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw. So he saw this in a vision. And so he's going to prophesy its destruction, basically. And uh, let's see. Uh, where did it go? Where did it go? Let me see. It says, I will punish the world for its evil and wicked people for their iniquity. I will put an end to the pride of the arrogant and humiliate the insolence uh, of tyrants. And so the Lord is, is coming out against Babylon and saying what he's going to do. It says in verse 12, I will make a human more scarce than fine gold and mankind more rare than the gold of Ophir. Verse 13, therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its foundations at the wrath of the Lord of armies on the day of his burning anger. So again, he's prophesying against Babylon what's going to happen to them. And then in verse 15, it says, Whoever is found will be stabbed, and whoever is caught will die by the sword. Their children will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their house will be looted, and their wives raped. Wow. Verse 17, look, I'm stirring up the Medes against them. So it's the people that he's stirring up against Babylon. who cannot be bought off with silver, and who have no desire for gold. So you can't bribe these folks. So they have something else in them. They're, they're, they must be super angry or, or whatever. I don't know. Verse 18, it says, Their bows will cut young men to pieces. They will have no compassion on offspring. They will not look with pity on children. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Verse 19, in Babylon, the jewel of the kingdoms, the glory uh, of the pride of the 
Chaldeans will be like Sodom and Gomorrah when God overthrew them. And so it's saying here that the Babylonian Empire is going to be totally and completely wiped clean. You know, and, and, and there's, there's basically going to be nothing left of it, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. <clears throat> and so, again, I have to emphasize that this was made, this prophecy was made uh, uh, hundreds of years before it actually took place. And so, and see, and things like that, are, I just want to say things like that are important to me because, you know, I want to know of the infallible nature of the Word of God as presented in the Bible. And so when I see things like this, how things were prophesied, and then, you know, hundreds of years later, they actually came true, you know, that, that, that bolsters my faith. That lets me know that I am, in fact, on the right path with regard to what exactly is truth, righteousness, and justice. And so we go on to chapter 14, uh, let's go into verse 3. The section title says, uh, Downfall of the King of Babylon. So the king here is, uh, now this could be, this could be uh, Nebuchadnezzar. This could be Sennacherib. Um, this, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure who this is. And <clears throat> this could be something else. This could also be a reference to Satan. And so we have to keep that in mind. Or all of the above. Downfall of the king of Babylon. It says in verse 3, When the Lord gives you rest from your pain, torment, and the hard labor you were forced to do, you will sing this song of contempt about the king of Babylon and say, How the oppressor has quieted down, how the raging has become quiet. It says you will sing this, right? How the oppressor has quieted down. How he how he has become silent, right? How he is no longer speaking <laughs> and how the raging has become quiet. You know, he, he, he's not, uh, you know, he's not being boastful anymore. He's not being conceited anymore. Where are you, oppressor? Where can I find you? I don't hear anything about you. See, and the word is saying uh, that you will sing about this. And so uh, let's go on to verse nine. And it says, Sheol below, or held below, is eager to greet your coming, <laughs> stirring up the spirits of the departed for you. All the rulers of the king, all the rulers of the earth, making all the kings of the nations rise from their thrones. And so it's talking about all of the kings that you have defeated, you know, all of the kings that you have put in their graves, all the territories that you have conquered and killed their people and whatnot, and showed them no mercy. This is what it's talking about. It says in verse 10, they all respond to you, saying, you too have become as weak as we are. And so all of the kings and princes and commanders and all that um, you know, went down uh, at the hands of the Babylonians, uh, when the king of Babylon comes down with them, he says, yeah, and <laughs> now you with us, you know. <laughs> you, know you, thought you, were, you thought you were all that, but now you with us. <laughs> it says in verse 10, they all responded to you saying, you have too become as weak as we are. You have become like us. You are no different than us, dog. <laughs> you are just like us. You might have been all that then, but now you are just like us. And so we go down to verse 12. 
It says, shining morning star, you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of nations. You have been cut down to the ground. Now, shining morning star. So this could be in reference to Satan, like I was saying before. This is, you know, how you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of nations. You have been cut down to the ground. So again, it could be a reference to the kings of Babylon and to Satan or one or the other. In verse 13, it says, you said yourself, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. In other words, he's saying you to yourself. I mean, you yourself have said that I will ascend uh, higher than God. I will be higher than God. In other words, God will be one of my servants. See, it says, I will sit, um, I will sit on the Mount of God's assemblies. And so he's saying, you know, I will be, I will supersede God. He will be below me. I will be over everything. It says in the remotest parts of the north. And so he's essentially saying all, all over, I will be above God. No matter where you go, I will be above God. In verse 14, it says, I will ascend above the highest clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you will be brought down to Sheol into the deepest regions of the pit. So it's saying, you may think that, (laughs) but that's not how it's going to (laughs) be. You know, you will go down to the deepest parts of the pit, not just the pit, the deepest parts. So we go on to verse 24, and the section title says, Assyria will be destroyed. In verse 24, it says, The Lord of armies has sworn, as I have purpose, so it will be. In other words, God is saying, look, if I said it, if it's my will, it will be so. As I, as I have planned it, so it will happen. There's nothing you can do about it. If it's my will and I planned it, it will happen. Verse 15, I will break Assyria in my land. I will tread him down on my mountain. Then his yoke will be taken from them and his burden will be removed from their shoulders. And so the oppression that has been applied by Assyria will be lifted from the people after the Lord executes his plan and there's nothing he can do about it. Verse 26, this is the plan prepared for the, uh, this is the plan prepared for the whole earth. Now, that's an interesting statement. And it says, and this is the hand stretched out against all the nations. What I believe this means is that just as God lifted the oppression from the Israelite people that was applied by Assyria, the plan is for the whole earth to follow this pattern when it comes to the oppressors of the whole earth. Because the Lord said his hand is stretched out against all the nations. And so all the nations of the earth, all those involved in oppressing their people, it's saying that there's going to come a day when that oppression will be lifted from the people because this is the plan. The next section says a pronouncement against Philistia. And it says um, in verse 28, in the year that King Ahaz died, he was the king of, um, of Judah, uh, which is in the time of Isaiah. This pronouncement, came, uh, this pronouncement came. So this is, again, being prophesied by Isaiah. And it says in verse 29, don't rejoice, all of you of Philistia, because the rod of the one who struck you is broken. See, it's saying don't rejoice because Ahaz has, has died. 
He said, don't rejoice because of that. For a viper will come from the root of a snake, and from its egg comes a flying serpent. Verse 30, then the firstborn of the poor will be well fed, and the impoverished will uh, lie down in safety. But I will kill your root with hunger, and your remnant will be slain. It says, don't rejoice, because... You know, the Philistines, you know, Philistia, and in and, 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 uh, and the kingdom of Israel, they were always at war, always at odds with each other, always at odds. And so, uh, you know, Goliath was a, was a Philistine, a Philistine. And so they're always at odds. And so when Ahaz died, uh, died apparently the people of Philistia were hooting and hollering and celebrating. And the, prophe- the prophecy is coming from Isaiah, be careful, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> because even though the king has died... You know, I will kill your root with hunger and your remnant will be slain. And so let's hit chapter 15 here. And uh, it says a pronouncement against Moab. So now here's another country that has had historical issues uh, with Israel. Now, Moab, interestingly, uh, they are descendants from, uh, from Abraham because, um, uh, Lot was a uh, relative of Abraham and Moab is a descendant of Lot. And so, um, so even though that, that Israel and, and Moab have a common lineage, if you go up high enough, they were still enemies, um, in these times. And so it says a pronouncement against Moab, uh, chapter 15, verse one, a pronouncement concerning Moab. It says air in Moab. Air is a, not the air, but it's a city. A-R is how it's spelled. Air in Moab is devastated, destroyed in a night. Kerr in Moab is devastated, destroyed in a night. And then uh, down to verse four, it says Heshbon and uh, Ileela cry out. Their voices are heard as far away as Jahaz. Therefore, the soldiers of Moab cry out and they tremble. So we see that Moab, the cities are falling. You know, they're being devastated in a day. And it says here uh, that the soldiers of Moab cry out because they tremble. They're afraid. They, They don't know what's going on. And so if we go to chapter nine, it says, the waters of Daban, which is another city, are full of blood, but I will bring on Daban even more than this, a lion for those who escape from Moab and for the survivors of the land. So essentially he's saying, you're going to be mauled. You're not going to be able to escape. You're going to be mauled by the wild animals of the land. <laughs> so the Lord is, is saying, even though your city is full of blood, I'm not done. That's not all that's going to happen to you. Those of you who are lucky enough to flee from the city, and your blood is not part of what's being flooded in the streets, you're going to be tracked down by lions and eaten, essentially. And so that is pretty, uh, that's a pretty dire prediction. And then in chapter 16, he goes on and talks more about Moab. And it says in verse 13, this is the message that the Lord previously announced about Moab. And now the Lord says, in three years, as a hired worker counts, as a hired worker counts years, Moab's splendor will become an object of contempt. In spite of a very large population and those who are left will be few and weak. And so we see that Moab is going to be wiped out. And so what we have an account here, what's going on, what's being prophesied is not only what's going to happen to the 
to the Israelite people. And the Lord is actually telling them that, okay, you're going to get jacked up. But he's also uh, telling them through the prophetic word of Isaiah that there's still going to be hope for a remnant because out of this is going to uh, come a pure people and we are going to build from there on. And so he's telling the Israelite people what's going to happen to them, but he's also prophesying what's going to happen to their historical enemies and how they are going to be thoroughly and totally dealt with. And so nothing and nobody is going to escape with regard to what their just desserts are. And one of the, the, the I think one of the key things that we see here is how uh, the Lord does not let anybody escape from their just desserts. You know, if, if you have been you one who has been righteous and whatnot, you will get your reward. If you ha- are one who has been wicked and whatnot, you will get your reward, <laughs> you know. And so sometimes we want to see these things as people. We want to see the unrighteous and the wicked and the evil, you know, come to their their just desserts and get their, uh, their dramatic uh, end in a way that's satisfying to us. But the Lord says, vengeance be mine, and that we have to have faith that that is the case and that they will be dealt with in the time that they are meant to be dealt with. And so... That's my take on this anyway. And so with that, we are finished um, uh, with chapter 16. We'll pick it up in chapter 17 tomorrow. Everybody have a wonderful and a blessed day. Bye-bye now.